In September of 2015, on the same day as Lost Stars' release, came another Journey to the Force Awakens tie-in, this time in the junior novel form. It would become the first of three in a series focusing on the original trilogy's iconic heroes. Today we'll be talking about the Han Solo and Chewbacca adventure, Smugglers Run. Welcome to Canon Catch-Up. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Canon Catch-Up. Today we're going to be talking about the middle grade novel Smuggler's Run by Greg Rucker. Uh, I'm your host today, Dan, aka Vader's Castle Library, and I am joined by, for the first time in a while, the, I was going to say the gruesome twosome, um, <laughs> but, but if, if I'm including myself in that, it's a terrifying threesome, I don't know. Uh, we have Johnny, aka Journals of the Wills, back on Canon Catch-Up for the first time in a while. How are you doing, Johnny? Oh, not too bad, Dan. Good to be back. And, of course, the Chewbacca to, to my hand solo. I've got Chris here, aka SW Yeah, hi. Um, it's good. This is the first time we've all been on one since the beginning with the it's original three. It has, so, yeah, has, it's good. Has it been? To... No, we did Tarkin. The three of us did Tarkin no a couple months that. ago. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like that one. So yeah, good to be good to be chatting canon with you guys again. Uh, we we've lost Johnny to Legends, uh, so we're sort of dragging him back to canon. He's a just a dirty to... Legends trio. <laughs> just, to... <laughs> just to remind him of what actually counts. Uh, sorry, Legends, <laughs> that was very toxic of me. Yeah. Uh, there's oh, always God. some truth there's... in Legends. Floney yeah. is king. <laughs> Right, so just to give the listeners some context and to remind them that we are actually talking about a book today, uh, we will of course be talking about Smuggler's Run, not to be confused with Smuggler's Bulge, as Johnny was talking about. (laughs) That was a private conversation. (laughs) That's the smug version of it. (laughs) Smuggler's Run was released on September the 4th, 2015, on the same day as Lost Stars, I've just realised. Um, also part of the Journey to the Force Awakens publishing line. It was written by Greg Rucker. And a short synopsis of the book written by myself, uh, Han and Chewie set off an adventure to rescue a rebel ally in the aftermath of A New Hope. Um, Johnny, I will start with you. How does this work for you as a... I mean, the book is called A Han and Han Solo and Chewbacca Adventure. How does it work for you as a Han and Chewie adventure? Oh, it's a, it's a weak horker. I mean, I, I really like all three of these um, middle grade novels uh, yeah. in that journey, journey Force Awakens. I sort of I, 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 there's there's those three that feature the the original trio from the the original trilogy, and then there's a fourth one which is sort of a series of short stories about the new trio from from the Force yeah. Awakens the, before the Awakening. But but it sort of sits apart and on its own. So we, we've got Smuggler's Run, Weapon of the Jedi, and Moving Target uh, uh, as these three. And I, I really enjoy all of them. I think Smuggler's Run might be my least favourite of the three. Shut up. Yeah, it's <laughs> truth. Um, but that said, I, I really enjoy it. It, it, it. it nails, for me, it nails sort of Han and Chewy vibes. It's got sort of the the banter down pat. Um, mm-hmm. Han feels and sounds like Han to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think is is so must be very hard to do actually. But the when, it, when, it, when it's 
<laughs> but when it's done right, it really works, and, and this works a treat. Yeah, Chris, what about you? Yeah, I really like this book. Um, I really liked uh, it's it's perfectly digestible. I actually miss this. They don't really do these kind of books anymore. Uh, where yeah. like junior, they're not they're not quite super junior, and they're not YA, but they're somewhere in between, and yeah. they're like really quick, easy reads that are just like not childish in any way. They're just they're just easily digestible and they're always good fun yeah. um so the the three that came out and then before the awakening and cobalt squadron i think yeah. are all much of the same thing um mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i miss them and this one is it's, it's not my favorite but it's a really good one it's a really good one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i i feel a similar way i have not sort of through doing canon catch up i'm starting to catch up with a lot of the uh, sort of middle grade slash junior novels that I haven't read yet. Um, so this was my first time reading Smuggler's Run. I still haven't even read Weapon of the Jedi and Moving Target yet. But as soon as I finished this book in like the space of like an hour and a half, I was instantly like, I want more Star Wars books like this. One, because they're really easy and quick to read. <laughs> Two, because they actually tell quite fun and, as someone said, digestible stories. And they actually provide a bit of nice canon like storytelling as well and they're just they're just fun like this was a really this was a really fun story i did like how han and chewbacca worked in this one i thought yeah. han was very han and you got that sort of um reluctant oh i don't want to do this this is stupid and by the end like i'm gonna be the the good guy who saves people but i'm gonna grumble about it because i've got a reluctant heart of gold thing which is so yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's like he he insists he's in it for the money but then he gets all offended when delia doesn't believe that he might actually be helping the rebels he's all sort of huh i could punch the rebels you know (laughs) is it so far-fetched and then at the end does this whole sort of like sacrificial maneuver just yeah a friend because he yeah, actually like, is sh- a good person <laughs> yeah like shut up i'm trying to be noble you know yeah yeah that's uh, it yeah yeah exactly you know and which is why that line that's seen in the solo movie is absolutely spot on when kira calls him out it's like you're the good guy yeah you know yeah, yeah. um that that is who han is he grumbles and moans all the time but he 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 wants to do the right thing constantly yeah. and he ends up doing the right thing all the time and no matter what and i think it it's it's little stories like these that a nice sort of additional material just to fill out and remind you constantly that whilst that that is Han's character at his core. And I think Chewbacca, as always, is a really fun supporting character. I, I like that the first POV chapter was from Chewbacca's point of view. I, that was quite interesting to me. And that we saw his little medal moment just after A New Hope, which mm-hmm. after reading this, I was like, wait a minute they didn't need to do that in rise of skywalker you already got it in this book yeah <laughs> yep yep just back uh, to my point that uh jj abrams has only read aftermath <laughs> yeah he definitely hasn't read smugglers run that's for sure. <laughs> what was he thinking <laughs> what was he thinking um but yeah no a really it was effective... a tie into his own movie sorry <laughs> uh but yeah no a really effective adventure it felt very Han Solo and Chewbacca because you had the mm. uh, the bounty hunters chasing them along the whole way, and um, 
Han pretending that he was not the person they were after to get them chasing someone else. All that sort of good Han Solo goodness. I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. It's it's really good sort of like the little character pieces, aren't they? They don't go yeah. too deep into who the characters are, but it's just like it does in the fact of like this feels like a Han Solo adventure. Like mm-hmm. I would welcome. I mean, I know we've had them for those two characters, and then these three characters, and then the sequel guys in the short stories before and before Awakening. But I'd, I'd do this for anyone. Just give me a Babu Frick one where it's like yeah. two hundred pages goes on a Babu Frick adventure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give, give me a. God, pride from Rise of Skywalker because who the hell is yeah. that guy? Well, Do you know what I mean? I mean Give me like yeah, yeah, a Zori Bliss really one would have been a great tie-in to the Rise of Skywalker. Where was the Absolutely. Zori Bliss middle grade? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? Zori Bliss. I feel like if it was probably better received, then it probably would have got those things. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but no, this is really good, and it absolutely like. It really does feel like Han Solo and Chew. I mean, yeah. I say and Chewbacca, but it's hard. Chewbacca is always difficult to translate into the books because Chewbacca is such a visual character. Yeah, um, yeah. And I know there's it's done better in some ways than others. Like Mighty Chewbacca is really, really good um, by Tom Engelberger. Yeah, um, I strongly recommend that one. Uh, that but generally, generally, it's he's no different to Geode in the High Republic. Do you know what I mean? His 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 whole <laughs> thing the is description. What, yeah, yes, yeah, what people put on him rather than what he says or yeah. does you know yeah. i mean they uh, definitely have done a better job with chewbacca in canon i think than, than certainly in the early legend stuff if you look back to like the like the really early han solo adventures from the late 70s um you know chewie is very much kind of there as a sidekick and and not really an equal partner in, in, in mm-hmm. relationship you know and, and, and sometimes there's almost like that sort of you know it's sort of slightly odd um the lone ranger and tonto vibe kind of going on you know chewbacca is kind of the noble savage rather than anyone someone who's on an equal footing with yeah. han solo you know yeah. and that's completely flipped around in the canon like you said you, the first chapter here is from chewbacca's point of view you know mm-hmm. chewbacca got a whole comic mini series to himself which is an absolute corker you know they, yeah. they have done a much, they've done a much better job i think with chewie um in, in recent years just i think despite the difficulties that, that you're talking about chris you know yeah, I think they'll probably realise that the appeal of Han and Chewie is that they're an old they're an old married couple. You know what I mean? That's who they yeah. are. They bicker, they fight, but yeah. they can't live without each other. They depend on each other. Um, so just having Han Solo being the swagger with some furry little sidekick doesn't really work. It doesn't really hit as well, and it misses the point of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think I think Greg Rucker really nails that in this book. Well, Greg Rucker's a bit of a legend, though, isn't he? He's been doing Marvel comics for years and things like that, so he knows how to grab a character and run with it yeah 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 um this book also introduces a, a new villainous character the isb agent alicia beck who sort of if you see some of the illustrations in the book has quite a powerful look uh, with a sort of a bright red cybernetic eye um how did this character work for you johnny i i really liked her i mean it... <sighs> I think we've seen it a couple of times now in the canon, uh, particularly around the sequel era. Uh, how do you how do you make uh, a new antagonist sort of visually interesting immediately? Oh, give them a cybernetic eye. You know, we yeah. we, we saw it with Alicia back. We saw it with um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. The fella in the Poe Dameron comics. 
Terex. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm also thinking of uh, Count Vindian as well. Count Vindian. Yeah. yeah. Silo, the guy that made Vader's suit in the original yeah. Gillen run by Darth Vader. Yeah. And yeah, also that cool. um, that Imperial officer that Valance is banging in Bounty Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I haven't got Spoilers. to that point, and I, I didn't. Sorry. I didn't realize Bounty Hunters was going spicy. Excellent, I've got that to look forward. <laughs> it did get spicy, for a spicy yeah. <laughs> um, but no, no, no. That aside, that sort of you know minor criticism aside, I, I think she looks great, uh, and and she's a really interesting character actually, because mm-hmm. at the end, you know, Han to in order to escape, Han sort of plays this trick a bit of fancy flying you know he sort of free falls he's free falling towards the the sort of shielded dome the this dome shield over a city yeah. uh, because if the, if they try to engage their tractor beam onto the falcon they're going to cause enormous collateral damage to this city uh, mm-hmm. he forces her to make this choice and actually she makes the correct choice she doesn't do the imperial thing of i will catch them at all costs and the civilians must die she you know she disengages and you know goes and sort of punches the wall in the in the turbo lift and you know she lets him yeah. go to save the city which is which is an interesting choice yeah i mean this this character she's she's not she she's one of those characters one of those enemies in star wars which we get at the, at the moment where it almost teases you she could be redeemed you know she isn't all bad um like there's quite a lot of them like ray sloan for example mm-hmm. or you know as opposed to the other villains who are like evil through and through, um, like I'd probably say Lady Vukora, yeah, who's generally terrifying. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's different levels, and I, I think like it helps you connect to them a little bit, it helps you root for them a little bit. And you know, she's yeah, she's good. She stuck in my mind. I read this book ages ago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we also encountered her in Princess and the Scoundrel, yeah. which I read before I read this book. And I was like, oh, this seems like a cool villain that Han has met at some point. This is probably some canon book I haven't read. And then Johnny thankfully commented on my Instagram post being like, oh, she's in Smuggler's Run. You're going to have to do that and kind of catch up soon. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I found her a really interesting character. Um, I thought she did come across as quite determined and ruthless the entire way through the sort of cat and mouse chase across this city. Uh, but then, as Johnny mentioned, that sort of decision she makes at the end I'm still a bit like, does she make that decision because she's doing the right thing? Or does she make that decision because she thinks blowing up the city might actually cause her more trouble with the Emperor than it will favour? And I guess that's sort of where I'm like, hmm, what's her morality there? Yeah, I I guess as ever with Imperial officers, you've got to assume that a certain degree of self-interest and self-preservation factors into the calculation. Yeah, yeah. And I think... um, I think what this does well is there's a lot of Imperial officers in a lot of books and comics, and a lot of them are forgettable. And I think Beck is probably one of the sort of lesser forgettable ones. I don't know Mm. if it's the fact that we actually get pictures in this book to show us what she looks like, but I think she's fun. I like this idea that she has this like um, resentment towards Han Solo for like causing her trouble over the course of this day on this planet. And that sort of lingers for years and years. Uh, I think she's a cool character. I mean, it's she, she obviously stuck in Beth Revers's mind when she was writing Princess and the Scoundrel, you know? Yeah. She yeah. obviously yeah. stood up. Because I've obviously, from my perspective, having read this book pretty much when it came out, um, to then read Princess and the Scoundrel, what, seven years later, eight years later, 
um, it was like something triggered in the back of my head. I was like, Beck, eye patch, blonde hair. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really good. Like, I love I love those kind of things. And yeah, she's a really, um, she's not like an incredibly deep villain. She is not, she's not race alone. No, 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 no. But she doesn't have to be because um, no, she doesn't it's have to be a middle grade um, book. Yeah, it's a middle grade book exactly. Um, so if, I mean, I, I'd like to see more of her definitely. Yeah, yeah. And um, obviously, we just mentioned that it's a middle grade book. I know we've sort of touched on this briefly, but are, are you are you glad that this story was told as a middle grade book? And sort of how, how did it work for you as a, a middle grade or junior novel, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't need to be anything more than this, as far as I'm concerned. You know, yeah. um, you know, you, you know, it it could have been. I, I suppose it it could be the opening act to an adult novel, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't need to read you know another you know four times as much, you know, to to, to get Lieutenant Emat, who they're sent to rescue, to get him from there to say re- reconnecting with the rebellion. You know, mm-hmm. um, they go in, they do the mission, they rescue Lieutenant. Emat and they get him off planet and you know the the, the curtain drops and the the story just shifts then back to these sort of sequel era bookends you know just f- yeah. for the conclusion you know it, it could have carried on you know but it, it works perfectly the way it is I, I don't yeah I, I, I want more like this and I could take honestly fewer adult novels sometimes because I'm really <laughs> I'm really struggling for time at the minute to read everything um so more stuff like this is, is great particularly as chris said this batch of middle grade novels from sort of the, the journey to force awakens journey to the last jedi they definitely skew towards the older end of the middle grade range and this one's a bit of an outlier for me in that it, it's not it doesn't really tackle any particularly heavy issues the other ones actually do um and then mm-hmm. that's not quite that's not an uncommon thing um but it's, but they're, they're packaged up in this really digestible, fun way. You know, yeah. it's great. Yeah, there's actually one I forgot. There was one which was Journey to the Rise of Skywalker, which was Justina Island's Spark of the Resistance. Yeah, that was, yeah, that, that was pretty much the last of this, the last of this type. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, they're 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 awesome books. I mean, I would say that the middle grade books are probably the closest to the feeling of the movies in how paced yeah. they are, the level the they way. are. Um, whereas totally. the adult people are always like, oh no, I don't even like adult the adult books. But the adult books tend to be not overly wordy or anything like that, but they tend to mm. go into things a lot more than the movies ever did. You know, yeah. um, they are they're book paced and book shaped. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're not they're not they're not movie paced and movie shaped. You know, and that was my biggest resistance yeah. to the old to the old EU in the nineties when I started reading it as a teenager. I was like, you know, I I, was, I, I enjoyed stuff like the Throne trilogy well enough. It didn't blow me away, and the biggest stumbling block for me was just it lacked the pace of a Star Wars movie. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, these I, definitely reading, don't. They, they this, feel yeah. like they feel like the star wars movies um but you know when you said about how it works as a middle grade novel obviously i'll, I'll answer that now if that's okay um yeah. i'll be honest i never really think about it like i don't in my head i don't differentiate between middle grade ya adult it's all just the same to me because mm-hmm. anyone that's read all three knows that there isn't really anything different in green content it's literally just length and pace like yeah. them um, some of those, a couple of the darkest star wars books are junior novels 
Oh yeah. Um, Test of Courage yeah. by Justina Ireland. That is a yeah. it that the beginning and end of that book are really dark. Yeah. With the shipwreck at the beginning and then the uh, in return to the dark side spoilers. Um, and then Guardians of the Wills. Um, is really really dark. Yeah. It shows the oppression yeah. of the Empire more than any of the adult books do. Um, yeah. So and, and never really think about that. It's all about pace and accessibility. Um, mm. So yeah, this is just a rollicking good Han Solo's book. One of the better ones, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I sort of when I read this, as I said at the top, like I just thought this is good. I want, I want more Star Wars books like this. I enjoyed it. I didn't feel. I think there are a couple of sort of the younger skewing books that I've read where I've I have noticed that I was reading a book intended for someone twenty years younger than me, but this one wasn't one of them. Like interestingly enough, we opened up Canon Catch Up with Ezra's Gamble, which is a book I really like. It's got Ezra and Bosk in it, but I did at times feel like I was reading a kid's book. Um, yeah, but I still really enjoyed it. Yeah. But this one surprisingly not once when i in at any point throughout this book did i feel like i was reading a kid's book this just felt yeah. like a fun quick pacey star wars adventure with a well-written han solo a well-written chewbacca and a good villain and some good action yeah. um yeah this there, there is zero pandering to the target audience in this no, yeah, at all. no pandering at all yeah yeah which mm. is good because it means people our age <laughs> can pick it up and read it <laughs> yeah um and sort of the, the final sort of element of this book is that this is obviously part of the journey to the Force Awakens tie-in. Um, Johnny, as you mentioned, this is bookended by a sort of a chap by chapters set within the, the sequel era. Um, in the first chapter, we have an old man at a bar uh, who's about to tell a story. And then obviously we, it is surprisingly revealed to us that the old man at the end is actually Han Solo. What? Uh, what? <laughs> Who would have thought? um han solo within his uh force awakens timeline um how, how does this work as a journey to the force awakens tie-in johnny i'll start with you i mean each of these middle grade novels that, that that focus on one of the original trio in this in this line of books has this little sequel or a bookend um this is the only one of the three that has any sort of meaningful action yeah. going on um, you know, so, so we we do have Han and Chewie both in play in, in the bookends, and you know, spoiler: there's a bit of a bar fight basically at the end. Um, it, it, and I guess it teases the idea that there are folk looking for the Falcon, <laughs> and it, it name checks like the Irving boys, Duquesne, um, you know, Kanji Club, or whatever. Kanji Club, Club, yeah, 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 yeah those guys. Um, so, so that stuff is in there, um, I guess, providing a little, just a, that little bit of flavor. And I guess that, that's what the bookends and in, in this whole series of books do. That's the, these little details just get letting you know more or less where those OT characters are at this point in their journeys as we're, as we're about to move into The Force Awakens. Obviously, they, they need to do a yeah. soft shoe shuffle around Luke for his book. Um, but I kind of like it for that. It's, it's it's very sort of soft, softly, softly. They, they clearly couldn't do very much with the characters in that timeline because the story really hadn't been set in stone. 
And I guess they just mm-hmm. didn't want to say too much about what those characters yeah. were up to ahead of the movie's release. But, you know, it, it's just a little, a nice little slice of life um, for older Chewie and, and, and Wook, uh, Chewie and Wookie, Chewie and Han. Um, <laughs> so you know, in the, in the, uh, well, I was going to say in, in, in the days and years. We don't know when this actually takes place. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was talking to you off mic earlier, Dan, um, about when this takes place because Han drops the name Duquesne into the conversation and we know from yeah. a, a subsequent Star Wars Adventures comic that Han didn't know Duquesne until the incident where Duquesne actually steals the Falcon. So actually, e- even though this gang that Han's having the confrontation with in the bar seem to be looking for the Falcon and think Han has it, this actually must be taking place after Han has lost the Falcon, but Han's just not letting on that he's really lost the Falcon. Either that or the continuity is a, a bit screwy, which you know is probably the case. Yeah. It could easily be the case. Yeah. Chris, what about you? Yeah, I mean, there was a bit of a uh, a common theme amongst the junior novels um, for the first few years of canon where they would do these framing stories. Um, most of them are quite thin, you know. Um, I think I think the Weapon of the Yellow one amounts to tales around a campfire, not much more than that, and it's not literally yeah. a campfire, but it's that effect. Um, yeah. Some of them do it better than others. One of them, actually, which is also another hand story so this one's really good but there's also part of the flight of the falcon series there's pirate's price a book yeah um and that one has the framing story has such an emotional because it takes place because it was after the force awakens the framing story i believe is after hannah's died mm-hmm. so it's you're having this Han adventure and then those people reacting to the fact he's not there anymore. Hondo, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm mean, obviously we're not talking about that book now, but I'm saying though, that it, 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 you know, this, uh, this device um, can work and it does work pretty well here, but it works really well in other places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I quite liked it. I, um, obviously I read the first chapter and I was like, right, okay, this is old Han in a bar and we're about to reminisce on one of his adventures. Um, but I almost liked that the adventure they chose was what happened literally minutes after A New Hope. I mean, this story yeah. is like Chewie is looking at his medal. The, the medal ceremony has just finished and Leia's like, ah, I know you said you were going to go, but can you do a little thing for me? We desperately need you to do it right now, this minute. And this is canonically the first thing that Han Solo does after A New Hope. And I think it's interesting that that, that's how they sort of framed this of like i guess for kids on the lead up to journey on the lead up to force awakens here's a little story to remind you who han solo was in those films that your parents have probably made you watch and this is what he's up to now he's an old man in a bar uh, getting in fights and reminiscing about his past and i think that kind of works quite nicely as a lead into who he is in a force awakens i think it also like it really informs his relationship to Leia because I think Leia works really well in this book as well, yeah, and their relationship yeah, yeah. is captured really well. Um, there's another story I think, or much like Air to Jedi and Weapon to the Jedi being like round about the same time. There's another story after this, and I can't remember which one it is. It might be the Han Solo comic. It's the comic, yeah, with the race. Yeah, which is set 
just around the same time as this and i think it yeah, might yeah. even it doesn't make uh, like obvious references to it but you can tell they've left the gap for it to happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and i, I remember yeah. being quite impressed by that at the time yeah. i mean the, the the timeline around the evacuation of yavin base is a little bit screwy um so, so the, this sort of implies that um, you know, this is uh, the first thing that, that Solo goes off and does, and in the background they're talking about evacuating Yavin Base, etc. Of course, Leia has had to go off and have her adventure in the Princess Leia miniseries, and at the end of that miniseries, for whatever reason, they have her coming back to Yavin Base, which is very odd. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, uh, uh, there are some slightly conflicting accounts. There's also there's a Star Wars Adventures comic um, where there's an additional battle as they're trying to evacuate the base, which sort of maybe implies that you know there's been at least a couple of days or so before the Empire's been able to get its act together and is coming. It's a lengthy so, so evacuation. It's a leisurely one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we, yeah. We, did, we, did, we just made ourselves galactic enemy number one, but we got time. We've got time. Yeah. It'll, it'll take them a while. They've just lost you know? a million people. They're fine. They'll, they won't be here yet. Yeah. That's a lot of paperwork. But the the thing that I obviously just just to sort of give my last little thought on that bookend, like I found it quite interesting that the story ended with uh, what happened with Beck and Solo being like, "I'll tell you next time," which yeah. never got followed up until Princess of the Scoundrel, which I don't know if if that was intentional or no. if they were just like leaving themselves an option to tell another story with Beck. Um, yeah. But the the weird little like completionist nerd in me now wants them to release a hyperspace stories comic where it's like Han in another bar <laughs> with the same guy being like, oh, I said I'd finished that Beck story. <laughs> so she kind it, of it like would, ruined totally my honeymoon. <laughs> hyperspace stories though, wouldn't it? It's the same it kind would. of tone. Yeah. Yeah, Just put that fucking toy in there. That's all they do. <laughs> Shove the toy in, and they're good to go. <laughs> if you haven't read any hyperspace stories, Johnny, yet, then then you won't get that reference. But there's yeah. this there's this teddy bear which thinks all the issues. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm behind on hyperspace stories, but I have been listening to comics roundup, so I do know what you're. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. A loyal listener. And who's the um, comics roundup boy? <laughs> if you can reach one person, you can reach the world. <laughs> I think that just that just about covers everything. Um, I was I thought this would be a really short little discussion because it was a short little book, but we still managed to get thirty minutes out of it. So thank God we got rid of the canon in fifteen minutes <laughs> title because we couldn't even do a junior novel in fifteen minutes. Yeah, not not even one about Han Solo and Wookie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to just to sort of round up, Johnny, how what's your overall thoughts on this book? Would you recommend this to a regular Star Wars reader or a first time reader? Uh, both. If you're a regular Star Wars reader and you haven't read these middle grade books from The Journey to the Force Awakens, then you need to get on it. Um, e- equally, if you've never read a Star Wars book, and if you're listening to this podcast, of course you've read a Star Wars book. But you know, if you know someone, if there's someone in your life who's maybe interested in reading a little bit of Star Wars and you're looking for an easy angle of entry for them, you could do a lot worse than this little series of middle grade novels that that formed part of the journey to The Force Awakens. Uh, And depending on whether or not they're a sequel trilogy person or an original trilogy person, you can choose your poison, you know, and and then recommend accordingly. But this one works great. Chris? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, these were some of the earliest ones released. And some of the earliest ones I remember seeing sold in a lot of places i think they were quite successful i know that um if you're in the uk you know at a shop called the works they were doing like a bundle box of it box of them for about 10 pounds um mm. along with the before the awakening one um yeah they're really good 
they're, they're fun. It's definitely worth a quick read if you've got someone who just wants a quick read. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're sequel, prequel, originals. It doesn't matter the books anyway because I'm not a prequel person, but I love all the prequel books. It's because they're all mm-hmm. written by different people. But um, another thing to note is there is an IDW adaptation of this, uh, a comic adaptation mm-hmm. of this exact novel. So if you're more into the yeah. comics or you've read this a couple of years ago and want to experience it again, you track down the comic. It's just called Smuggler's Run. It yeah. was released in two single issues, but it's collected in a, in a trade. Um, it's a good time. It's a good time. And you can get yeah. dirt yeah. cheap on the internet now. There's, there was also one for Web of the Jedi, but... Yeah, I'm really I'm waiting for that uh, moving target one to drop at some point, but I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, it was actually these were actually published originally in in the German Star Wars magazine, and then they were eventually picked up by IDW and translated into English. So that's why the timing was a bit odd on them. That German Star Wars magazine is recent bangers. Between this and the Rebels comics they were doing, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I would, I would. I would echo exactly what what you two said. I think this is a good book. If I mean, I am one of these Star Wars book readers who has yet to have read this series. So I've just read Smuggler's Run so far. I've got the next two ready to go on my shelf. I really enjoyed this. I'm sitting here thinking, why had I not read this sooner? And after reading it, I was like, there's definitely a few of my friends who haven't picked up a Star Wars book yet who I've been trying to get to read Lost Stars or Light of the Jedi who I might be like, actually, you know what? Just read this like, 150 page Han Solo story and yeah. <laughs> see what you think. It's the third yeah. best Han Solo story in canon. We have what, no films or <laughs> no books. I mean, so num- this is number three. Number two is uh, Princess and the Scoundrel, in my opinion. Right. Okay. Number one is Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. I know that's not Harrison Ford solo, but it technically is the same guy. But Most yeah. Wanted is the best hand solo book. It's so good. But anyway, yeah, carry on. All these all these opinions are Chris's and Chris's only. <laughs> yeah, we should have like a little um sound bite <laughs> thing where it's like Chris's deep take. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Um just the the one thing I will mention, um the this book, certainly in the UK, I don't know how it works over in the US, is available with two different covers, and I don't—I think it's to do with publishers. Um, the original release are sort of these nice uh, covers with Phil Noto art, which is like the black and red um, with Han and Chewbacca on it. Uh, and then since then, there's been subsequent paperback releases, which is just sort of like the word Smuggler's Run with a little Millennium Falcon, and it looks pretty. Both of them are really nice covers. Um, so that, the hardcore will, ones are quite nice. I will post pictures of them on the Instagram post so that people can see what the different covers are and see which one they want to get a hold of. Um, but I, genu- I think I bought this paperback for something like three pound off of amazon so it's not going to break the bank either have you seen the um hardcover cover for um weapon the jedi i have not have a look at it because it's luke and he's looking directly at directly at you um but i think johnny's grabbing it now he looks no he's got the exact i'm reaching for something else he looks exactly (laughs) like eminem (laughs) <laughs> so mind your mind. Well, <laughs> now, now I'm going to my bookshelves. Yeah, you have to see this. Well, well, listeners, if you don't mind hanging on, we're going to get giant opinion <laughs> on my uh, bold take. He looks like Eminem. This is definitely going to be. Is Eminem look? <laughs> is it? Is it though? 
if if you listen to this now, we're looking at it, and if yeah, you Google I can see it. Weapon of a Jedi hardcover. It looks like yeah. Eminem in a Luke Skywalker Sh- wig. Yeah, shaven bald, and it's Eminem, I guess. Yeah, that is. Yeah, very, I'd never seen that before. Um, wow. I saw it straight away, but I'm I'm weird with faces. So those so those original black and red covers with the art of the characters, those are the hardbacks, and what I've got, what I've yes. been describing without any characters but the words are the paperback only covers. if you want the hardbacks you can get them again like i think i got mine for like two pound each on amazon yeah 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 they're, they're not too hard to get anyway i think that brings us to the end of the show um as we've obviously teased quite a bit throughout this uh, the next two episodes of canon catch up will be next talking about jason fry's weapon of the jedi and the one following that will be Jason Fry and Cecil Castellucci's moving target. So that is the Luke and then the Leia story, respectively, that we've got coming up on the next two weeks of Canon Catch-Up. Me, Chris and Johnny will be spread across those episodes, but I'm hoping we will have another guest joining us. Uh, So thank you very much, both of you, for being here to talk about Smuggler's Run. Johnny... I know I'm sure you've said this enough times already, but I'm going to ask you where the people can find you. Uh, you can find me on usually on Instagram or threads as at Journals of the Wills. That's Journals with an S and Wills with an itch. Uh, or on Twitter as at Journals Wills, but mostly on Instagram. And on this podcast on Legends Library, which is a fantastic yeah. show, which Johnny often hosts. Yeah, it's been relegated to Legends. <laughs> o- often, often, often being always, because I can't get anybody else to host yet. <laughs> Often being always. <laughs> I'm hosting one in a couple of weeks. I'm doing Deceived. Online. You are. Deceived. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, bring it on. So and avoid that Chris, one, Chris, yep. where can the people find you? Instagram. So, yes, yeah, SW Book Collector. I also have changed it slightly. So, it's also SW Book Collector and my real name, which is Chris Davis. Um, Facebook, the, um, the non-toxic Star Wars fan base. Great place to go on Facebook if you want to talk about... Um, you know the sequels about being called woke uh yeah everywhere um i also you can also find me later on the star wars book community podcast after dark episode smuggler's bulge (laughs) (laughs) it was a dark night on course oh man any hopes that we had of like these uh, middle grade book episodes being our reach out to young listeners has gone straight out the window (laughs) Right, well, um, I you can also find me at Vader's Castle Library online and here hosting Canon Catch Up um, most of the time, unless Chris is doing it, which he probably will be doing again soon. Yeah. Um, and that is everything. So thank you very much for listening and may the force be with you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.